Hi there, you're listening to the Paralegals on Fire podcast show where you'll be getting tips and actionable strategies that you can use right now to fast track your paralegal career. I'm your host, Ann Pearson, former paralegal and paralegal manager who left big law in the concrete jungle to start my own company, the Paralegal Bootcamp, where we give online courses that help paralegals make more money, increase their job security, and cut out the learning curve. All right, let's jump right into today's episode. How many times have you seen the posts on LinkedIn and social media? They go something along the lines, I went and got a paralegal certificate, but I can't get a paralegal job without any experience. How do I land my first paralegal job? So I'm on a mission this year to interview some paralegals who broke into the paralegal profession without even having a paralegal certificate and to find out how did they do it and what kind of lessons can they pass along to you. In this episode, I'm talking to Jesse Foss. Jesse is a board-certified trial paralegal in Texas. She's a litigation paralegal at Haygood or in Pearson, no relation to me. She's been with that firm for 17 years, but it was a journey getting there, and that journey started without a paralegal certificate. So let's jump in and talk to Jessie and see what lessons we can learn from her experience. Jessie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Anne. Thanks for having me. So Jessie, let's start with how did you get into the legal profession? Well, I met my husband in 1996. I was 18 and had gotten my GED. I didn't have any plans for college and didn't know what I wanted to do. And he knew someone who was a member at the church that he attended, and she was a personal injury attorney. And they were looking for a receptionist for their small law firm. I used to work for a pizza inn, and I handled the phones. The firm needed someone who could handle a multi-line phone, and I knew I could do that. And so I met with this attorney who then asked me to come in and interview to fill that position to be the receptionist and also do clerical work. So in 1997, I interviewed for that job, and they gave it to me, and that's where I started to work at. All right, so you've got this receptionist position, and... I take it you do a good job as a receptionist or something, right? They just promote you out of the blue or what happens there? Yes, I did well at the reception position. I was uh, given new tasks because I was showing that I was doing good work. And as I was doing the work, I was very curious and wanted to know more. So I was proactive in asking questions, getting information from the attorneys on what things meant, how things worked, how processes were handled. Um, So that allowed me to learn more about the legal profession so that I could potentially advance and learn even more. Okay. So listeners out there, if you already have maybe one foot in the door, you've got a receptionist position, a file clerk, legal assistant position, you took whatever role that you could to get your foot in the door, you know, but you're in that role and you're hoping it's going to lead to a paralegal position. I want you to take notes here on what she said. She was curious. She was asking questions. She was researching stuff on her own. So if you took that receptionist position to get your foot in the door to be a paralegal and you're just sitting at that reception desk waiting for someone to walk up to you and say, hey, you've been promoted to a paralegal position. You're going to be waiting a long time. 
So I think that's a really important lesson. Thank you for that, Jesse. Absolutely. All right. So you're at this firm. You are then given cases. You've advanced on to an office manager. So you're, what, about eight, nine years into your career by now? Yes. I was at that firm for almost 10 years. It was nine and a half years. And at that point, I wanted to learn more. I wanted to do trial work. The firm I was at, we got cases ready for trial, but we never went to trial. So I decided I wanted to get a paralegal certificate through a program that the University of North Texas offered. So I was able to talk one of my coworkers into joining that with me and take the course with me because she also wanted to learn more in advance in her career. So that helped to have a buddy. And uh, in 2006, I applied for that program and did the course and uh, received my certificate for that. I like that. That is a really good idea to take the paralegal certificate program with somebody, a study buddy, and they work with you. Yes, it was amazing. It was very helpful. We helped each other tremendously in supporting each other and, you know, working on the homework and the assignments. And we learned off of each other, which helped us both get through that with extra confidence and and know that we were going to receive our certificates. So what did you learn in that certificate program? What did you learn that actually helped you then be prepared to go to trial? Honestly, I didn't learn a whole lot of new from that because I had already been doing the work when I took the course a lot of that was already known to me. What I did learn was how to look up statutes and case law. I had never had any experience in that. The firm I was with, we didn't do a lot of legal research. So we did get a um, kind of a field trip. We got to go to the law library and look up statutes and codes and case law. So that was that was exciting and that was something new that I did get to learn through that course. Okay. So then you get your paralegal certificate because you want to do trials. And so you've got to go to another firm, right, to do trials. So you leave that firm? Yes. I spoke to and retained several recruiters to help me prepare for interviewing. At this point, I hadn't interviewed for a legal position in nine years, so I didn't have a lot of experience in how to present myself, how to write a resume, and how to interview. So the recruiters were very helpful. I bought a book. I did some extra research online just on how to do an interview and how to be confident and how to express your skills and why you are the best fit for that position. So, but you end up at a plaintiff's firm, a pretty well-known plaintiff's trial firm. How did that happen? I uh, was sent on an interview, and what was funny was I almost did not go to this interview because of the drive time from from my home. It would have been a pretty good commute. I live in a pretty busy city, and making that commute was not something I was going to look forward to. But my recruiter, she encouraged me and said, just go on the interview, make it as if it's a mock interview. It's just practice. Uh, You you never know what's going to happen. So I accepted the interview and was offered the position that same day, which was surprising. And I took it and started working there. All right. So you get that position. What do you think led to you getting the offer that very day? Like, How did you do in the interview or what do you think it was about you that 
made the attorney want to hire you? The interview was very brief. Um, and he really focused on my experience. I had the paralegal certificate. And one question that he asked me was, did you learn anything new by getting your certificate? And I answered him similar to how I answered you that I didn't learn a whole lot from that because I already had the experience at the prior firm and the hands-on experience that I had was what he was looking for. And he needed someone to come in and fill a position and take on his litigation cases. Okay. So in other words, he probably would have hired you even without that paralegal certificate. I believe so. Okay, Jesse. so when we talked before we hit the record button, I learned that you're a board-certified trial paralegal in Texas, that you did that in 2018. So I assume it's when you were at this same firm. And so was that a hard test to take? And is it something that you know you decided to just do? That could probably be a pricey certification to get. It is a pricey certification. And the exam is not easy. You're basically taking what's similar to what an attorney would take when they go take the bar exam. It's very intense and there's a lot of studying involved. You've got to study a number of rules and you've got to memorize a number of rules. But I wanted to have that certification and learn more. And in that decision, I decided that since I was going to do this for me, and it was going to benefit the firm, I went to my supervising attorney and asked if they would pay for the exam for all the CLE. I had to have hours and hours of CLE before I could even take the exam or apply for the exam. And they were so willing to um, support me. They paid for the exam costs. They paid for my travel and the supplies that I needed. I needed to have a special laptop to take that exam. And so they were incredibly supportive and assisted me with getting that certification. Wow. I love hearing that. Wow. All right. So listeners, back up for a second, because first I've got to remind you, it seems like this comes up in almost every show, but I'm going to say it again. You heard what she said. She asked. So if you don't ask, the answer's always no. Maybe there's a specialty certification that you're looking to get and you think, well, I can't afford it or I have to do all this in my free time and I've got to go out of town and you don't ever do it because you don't think that you can afford it. So thank you for that, Jesse. That's a good lesson for people out there. So earlier we talked about your curiosity and asking a lot of questions, doing research on your own. Those are all good traits and skills for any paralegal to have, but are there some traits or skills that you think are important specifically for a trial paralegal? I think for a trial paralegal, the most important skill you're going to need is organization and being able to prioritize the tasks. When you're in the courtroom, you may be assisting multiple attorneys, some there in the courtroom and some that are back at the hotel who are pinging you with additional tasks that, that need to be done. That can be a very stressful situation. And so you're going to need to be able to just break down the tasks and prioritize what needs to get done first, what's most critical and urgent, and what can get done down the line a little later, or what can be delegated out to someone else who can get that done in the amount of time it needs to be done. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. In fact, one of the things that I teach in the trial prep bootcamp is this trial prep checklist that kind of schedules those little things out as far as possible. Because once you get down to crunch time, you're not going to have time to do the fluffy stuff. <laughs> you're, scr- <laughs> you're scrambling, right? Yes, very. So I know that litigation paralegals out there listening are going to want to know, what's your most memorable trial moment, if you have one? My most memorable trial moment would be last year we were in Oregon, Medford, Oregon, for a May trial that was out there. And we were all in the courtroom. The jury was there. The attorneys were there. And Mr. Miller, one of the partners, was having a conversation with the judge. And in that conversation, he had said that if he could get something from the judge as soon as he could so that he could get it to me and said, you know, we need to have that to Jesse because she's the most important person in, on the team. That was so wonderful to hear and everybody got to hear it. And it ended up on the court's trial transcript record <laughs> that I was appreciated and that I was needed and that they could rely on me to get done whatever needed to get done on time. I love that. It was kind of the validation of I am a valued, respected, indispensable, essentially, member of the trial team and said in open court. I love that. Yes, it 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 made me feel like a professional there on the team with them and not just, I don't know the word to use, but support staff or. Yeah, it was very special to hear that. All right, Jesse. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today because I can guarantee someone out there is going to be inspired and hopefully walk away with, well, we've we've got a couple of actionable strategies today. It's the one that I've been saying all along. If you don't ask, the answer is always no. So if you want that extra certification, it's not going to hurt anything for you to at least ask your employer if they would support you in at least part of it. And um, the fact that the paralegal certificate, I am not by any means saying to people, you don't need a paralegal certificate. What I am saying is it's possible to get a position without a paralegal certificate. So if you've got one already, then you've got a leg up. At least you're going to get your foot in the door, maybe. So I'm not in any way encouraging people to not get their paralegal certificate. What I'm saying is there are lots of people out there that are working in paralegal positions like Jesse, who's been at this firm for 17 years now, doing great trial work and doing work that she enjoys and being a valued, respected member of her team. And so they do exist. And thank you so much, Jesse. Thank you, Anne. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, hit the subscribe button in whatever platform you're listening. And please take a quick minute and leave a review of the podcast and share this episode with just one colleague or friend who you think would benefit from what we discussed today. Share the knowledge and the entire paralegal profession elevates. See you next week. Bye for now.